Hey everybody, welcome to Mendoza Line, episode 17, the trade deadline special. My name's Cam, and as always, I'm here with my friend Nick. What's up, man? Hey Cam, what's up? Dude, I just woke up from a nap, so you're going to have to be the energetic one this episode, because I am struggling. Gotta bring it hard, I'll do my best. Yeah, I don't have any caffeine in the house either, which is... <laughs> That's complete oversight on my part. Nothing like some, <laughs> yeah, some trade deadline extravaganza. Get your blood flowing again. Yeah, I should be drinking espresso, but I have water, so that'll have to, you know, work. As far as water is good, know, getting me, getting me hyped for all these uh, trades that happened. But um, so as we uh, had predicted last episode, um, a lot has happened this week. It's uh, been busy. As, yeah, players uh, switching teams. So I think we should just maybe dive right into it. What do you say? Sounds good to me, even though it's going to be a little rough, a few of these. But still need to report on them. <laughs> so yeah, I <clears throat> we're going to go through, we're not going to cover every trade because there's been a lot and some have been less important or consequential than others but we'll hit the with the main ones and with the caveat that there's a whole another day tomorrow to trade deadline the non-waiver trade that trade deadline is at 4 p.m tomorrow so there'll probably be some more trades uh that we can talk about next week um but the first one the kind of the big one that's really set off the week um, happened shortly after we recorded was Araldus Chapman got traded to the Chicago Cubs. So that was a that was a big deal. Cubs have been looking for seems to be everyone in the majors right now looking for bullpen help, specifically power arms at the end. And people are paying a ransom for them. So if you have a if you have a bullpen piece and you're not a contender, you should think about uh, trying to trade them because people will people will spend the money and give you some good prospects for them. So Chapman got traded to the Cubs for uh, their top overall prospect, Colibar Torres. Uh, Adam Warren, who was actually on the Yankees uh, previously and uh, hasn't had a ton of success with the Cubs, so they sent him back. Uh, Billy McKinney, who I actually just watched. I went to a Trenton Thunder game uh, tonight. They're the double A for the Yankees, and he, I think this was his second or third game. So I saw him hit a home run tonight, so he started off well in his Yankee debut. But he was he was actually a part of the original um, Addison Russell trade. He was he came from the or from the A's with Addison Russell when they traded um, those two couple years ago for Jason Hamill and Jeff Samarja. It was a big deal at the time. Um, kind of re- highly regarded hitting prospect, but his star has dimmed a little bit, but still still a good hitter, um, a part of that. And then a guy named Rashad uh, Crawford, who's a bit more um, of a high-risk, raw-type guy. So basically for three months of Chapman, the Bra- or the Cubs gave up their number one prospect and then McKinney was uh, their fifth or sixth overall prospect. So the Yankees did really well considering what the Reds got for Chapman um, a full half year ago. 
So with the Reds, basically, the Cubs or the Yankees traded for Chapman, gave up worse prospects, um, got Chapman for basically half a year and traded him for better prospects. So kudos to them. Good business decision there. But as a Reds fan, definitely died a little bit inside. And in, in analyzing what we could have gotten for that, but to be fair, he hit his girlfriend and shot up his house. That kind of ruined his trade value at the time. Uh, yeah, I can I can uh, imagine why that would want uh, make teams want to perhaps uh, distance himself, distance themselves from him. If I can, you know, speak English here for a second. Goodness, um, my question is. How likely are the Cubs to sign Chapman to a long-term deal? Because you mentioned the for just about three months of him, and I can't imagine that they would be willing to give up that much without at least having broached the topic of resign or uh, of extending his contract. Yeah, there's some original chatter as the rumors were kind of uh, spreading about the deal that. Um... Yeah, that extension would be involved, which didn't happen. You know, there's always a chance it's the Cubs. They'll they'll have some money to spend. But I think um, they did broach the topic, but Chapman seemed to indicate that he wanted to get to free agency to be able to see what his options are. So that's, I mean, that's pretty, if you're a good player, that's a good business decision because if you get to free agency, then you can market yourself and you have multiple teams bidding on you as, as opposed to just one. So there's a chance he will be a free agent. And then at that point, you know, it just, it really depends, I guess, you know, how the, the year finishes for him. He's going to be in a pennant race, which he was with the Reds, but he, I mean, the Reds never got to a point where they were competitive enough where they used him a ton in a, in a bunch of high leverage situations. So, you know, there's a, there's going to be a microscope on him in, in this pennant race to see how he does. And if he does well, then obviously, and keeps his nose clean to a degree, he knows if anything else pops up with this domestic abuse, then he's going to become really uh, difficult to justify signing. So we'll see how it plays out. But the Yankees have already, I think they're going to plan on going after him again, which is, you know, the business decision part of it was getting those prospects and then if there's a chance they're going to get him back because they're not competing this year anyways then it's going to look even better I mean they're the Yankees uh, part of what we'll see in a later trade is they're unloading some of their assets so what's scary is they're building one of the best farm systems in the league they're going to be rid of a few bad contracts including A-Rods and Teixeira soon to where they're going to be able to go out and get a you know, Bryce Harper in a couple years, potentially Chapman this year. Uh, starting market's going to be thin, but, you know, even they could even use some of those prospects to trade for someone like Chris Sale. So they will, they're going to restock, and, you know, Chapman is someone I could see them bringing back, but he, he will go to free agency and will probably get a pretty good contract this offseason. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's possible. The Cubs... If he does well enough um, and endears himself with the city, I, I could see that as well. I hope not. That's not going to be good for the rest of the division. 
if that's the case, but we'll see. It's a good yeah, question, though. Just seems like a whole lot to give up without the guarantee of. It does. It does. But when you're the Cubs, um, someone like Billy McKinney, you don't need because you already have a glutton of outfielders. You know, you know, Schwarber's not even playing this year, so they're gonna need a spot for him next year, and they are gonna have him for at least five more years. You got, um, you got Solaire still. Um, uh, Alberto Mora was a top prospect of theirs. They're going to have for five years. So, I mean, it just gets to a point where you're, you, you have an excess and you can kind of cast those chips in. Now, Torres, <clears throat> um, you know, that's anytime you have a shortstop prospect of that, that's, that's a tough to part with. But again, they've got, um, Asin Russell, Javi Baez, who, you know, they've got two legit prospects, shortstop prospects already they're going to have for at least five more years. So when you have the excess there, that's kind of what you need to do is cash those in for a bit. You know, they still have um, Eloy Jimenez, who's another top outfield prospect. Um, You know, they're in a position where they can uh, sign internationally soon. So they're going to, they're going to be fine. They've got plenty of good young players. And when you haven't won a world series in a hundred and some odd years, you got to kind of take your chances and go for it. So I can see why they did it, especially with the excess uh, and farm system that they did have. You going to be okay? with this trade? Is it going to keep you up at night? I will be fine. I, I, yeah, I, I'm frustrated with the front office. You know, I, I don't blame them for trading when they did because you can't, the, with the, the domestic violence issue when it was, and you gotta, you know, going into the, you're going to have such a terrible team. You don't need that to be a distraction. My frustrations, I think I've mentioned it before, was that they waited so long to trade him. You know, they did get, they got a good pitcher as part of the deal that seems like he's going to at least contribute as a bullpen piece down the road in rookie Davis. So, I mean, that that's something of value. So the other three guys don't seem like they're going to be panning out. And at the end of the day, they saved multiple millions of dollars by not having to pay him. So as long as they uh, continue and um, trade, trade Jay soon, I think I can get over it. But it, it was a little frustrating at the time. And hopefully it's a, a signal to the front office to learn from their mistakes and in the future, or at least I can hope. Only time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, but good trade for the Cubs. Solidify their bullpen. Now they can bump everyone back. Um, Rondon to the eighth, Strip to the seventh, and your starter only needs to go five or six. That's a that's a luxury to have. And for the Yankees, great cashing in on the the trade chip and potentially getting him back and rebuilding the farm system. So win win trade. Indeed. All right. What which of the many trades shall we discuss next, Nick? Well, we can we can try to go in chronicle chronological. 
<laughs> chronological <laughs> order. So the oh, next boy. one that we uh, we noted was the the Padres and the Marlins made a trade. <clears throat> Another trade. Another trade. So they had yeah they had recently traded Rodney. The Padres had tried to, traded Rodney to the uh, Marlins for a minor league pitcher Chris Paddock, who this week. Uh, had an MRA and determined that he needed Tommy John surgery. Oh, so, no. so at the time, I mean, it was a great trade. They got one of their few legit pitching prospects, but he just got hurt, which is which is what happens. I'm sure they would do it again. Because, uh, yeah, they're rebuilding, and you just got to get the assets that you can. But rough luck there. So, yeah, they, they connected for another trade because the Marlins are in it. And uh, Wei Li Chin... Their free agent acquisition this offseason has a sprained elbow and could potentially miss the rest of the year. And after uh, Jose Fernandez, their rotation is a bit inconsistent with uh, Adam Conley, Tom Kohler, etc. So they're they're pretty desperate to find some starters, and their farm system has been pretty depleted, so they can't really go after uh, many of the big names. So. They made trade with the Padres and got Andrew Kashner and Colin Ray, uh, which Colin Ray is, he's cheap. He, he just came up last year, but he's, he's nothing more than probably a back in the, back into the rotation guy. Uh, but Kashner is interesting. He's a, he's a pretty hard throwing, uh, right-handed pitcher who has some pretty good stuff, but it's just never really translated into, uh, being dominant. Um, so he was, I remember he was a pretty big, uh, prospect coming up through the Cubs and they trade him to the Padres as part of the Rizzo deal, I believe. And he's, he's been, you know, he's, he's been okay, but nothing spectacular. Uh, and this year he's been hurt, uh, but he came back and has had a couple good starts, reestablished some value. Uh, so, so you could see why well, he wasn't going to be probably one of the more expensive arms. So it worked out for the Marlins uh, to be able to get him and Ray. But, you know, they did give up some stuff for him. They gave up uh, Josh Naylor, who was their first-round pick in the draft last year, a Canadian first baseman, who basically has uh, the lowest grade speed you can give someone uh, in the scouting book, a 20. So he's not the best athlete in the world, but he he can hit. So he he could end up being a Billy Butler type hitter in the major leagues, <laughs> which you laugh. But Billy Butler has had a a nice major league career. Yeah, uh, he's the chubbiest singles hitter we've ever seen. It's true. He in his old age, he's lost even the the doubles power that he once had. But yeah, I mean that's that's a. Still, you know, number 12 overall pick last year, which even at the time was seen as a reach. But in addition to to Naylor, they got Carter Caps, who is currently out for the year with Tommy John surgery. But he was pretty dominant reliever last year. Uh, had really high K per nine uh, rates. I don't know if you remember him, but he's the guy that kind of hops as he pitches. It's almost, It almost looks illegal because he's hopping up and... Uh, releasing the ball closer to plate than you know most pitchers who are extending from the rubber, which some people have complained about. I don't know if they'll ever change that rule, but it probably has something to do with his elbow injury. 
because I don't know if your body, your body's definitely not made to throw overhand that fast, but to hop and then throw awkwardly like that, that's probably a reason why he got hurt. Uh, but they got him and then also Jared Cozart, who is another kind of back end of the rotation type guy. So yeah, so this, so the Padres, they're in full out saw mode. They're just getting rid of pretty much anything that they have that's going to cost money. So they got, you know, Cozart, Ray are kind of comparable to me. I, you know, Ray is probably a little bit more major league ready um, for a a pennant race, but he, he also left um, a start uh, with the Marlins this week early because of elbow soreness. So I guess uh, that's payback for um, uh, the, the Marlins prospect being hurt for the Padres. Uh, but Kashner uh, and that big ballpark could have some success. Um, you know, they don't need an ace. They've got an ace, but they need some some guys to fill out that rotation. So Naylor, we'll see if he uh, progresses through their system. But, you know, good trade for the Padres to get Naylor. Probably the the best piece out of this deal um, for a couple guys who... Um, I don't really perceive who has a ton of ton of value outside of you know a team that's desperate for pitching. When you uh, tried to explain that the Carter Caps um, hops when he pitches, I just kind of envisioned <laughs> the way Happy Gilmore tees off with the the run up, you know. Yes. So I, I, he's he's like in my mind. I've never actually seen the way he pitches, but in my mind, I'm picturing him uh, as Happy Gilmore. So that makes me happy. If you can find a a GIF or a GIF, I don't know how you call it, of him doing that, it's pretty interesting. It's very unique. I don't, I don't know of any other major leaguer that looks anything like that. But he will not be pitching this year. That's a that's a future asset for the the Padres. So it's another. It's a good trade for both. I can see what they're both doing in that case. <laughs> but nothing that's going to alter the pennant uh, towards the Marlins or anything like that. So, so in the next one was it's kind of another it, lower scale, but still significant move. Uh, Eduardo Nunez of the Twins uh, was traded to the Giants. <clears throat> um, so the Giants have dealt with some injuries in their infield. Pan, Joe Panic has missed a lot of time. Uh, their third baseman, Matt Duffy. So Nunez is a guy that has a lot of defensive versatility, which um, is valuable, Uh, but he's not a plus defender anywhere. So he's not going to, you don't necessarily put him at shortstop and feel like you're set there. But he can move over, play some outfield for you, play some third, um, and then bat will play there. Um, So that gives them some flexibility because they, you know, they've got, a good shortstop already in Crawford, but in dealing with their injuries, that's it was a good trade, and they traded um, a guy from the Giants who he's a Triple A arm there, Alberto Meja, but he's not a <clears throat> probably gonna profile as a as a top of the rotation arm. So um, interesting move. Uh, the Twins, I think, I would have expected more activity from them outside of kind of this trade so far. For as bad as they've been, but they get they get a good pitcher. You know, he could do some 
uh, make some starts for him in the future. Maybe it turns out to be a bullpen piece, but um, for the Giants, it gives them some flexibility in the, in the infield. Yeah, I was also kind of surprised that the Twins have not been more active. Just because, I mean, the season's been dead since game one for them. Yeah. I guess some of it is their pitching is just awful. And <clears throat> outside of maybe Urban Santana, like who I can't even imagine has that much value. I just don't. Maybe they're just not going to get anything for what they have. But guys like Nunez and, um, you know, a guy like Maurer, I think he has a no trade anywhere, so he's not going anywhere. Dozier, I can't see them really trading him. But, they, I mean, they're playing Buxton. They're playing Kepler. So they've got some young guys playing. They just, they uh, their, their talent um, is depleted outside of that. So we'll see. I, I could see them moving. Uh, Santana tomorrow, but outside of that, I don't really know. They don't have a ton of necessarily attractive options, which is probably why they're so bad. <laughs> that that seems like a uh, legitimate reason as to why they may be <laughs> atrocious. Oh, we just don't have any talent, Coach. Sorry. Well, even you know, bad teams have at least a few good players that people would want, but the Twins, I. <clears throat> I mean, they're not going to trade their prospects. So when you take that out of the equation, yeah, then they really have nothing. Who do you really have to trade for? Yeah, not much. All right, so the uh, the next trade on our list is one that you're going to have to explain to me because this just seems like they're all giving up on players. It's uh, Matt Kemp from the Padres to the Braves for Hector Oliveira. Uh, so go ahead and explain so I saw, what happened here. I saw this funny tweet about this trade. It, it said, crappy team trades a crappy contract to a crappier team for a crappier contract. <laughs> Which basically sums up well this, this deal. So it's crazy. Matt Kemp won the MVP in the NL MVP like two or three years ago. Um, three years ago, I think not that far, and he, his value has just cratered. He is a defensive liability. He can't play center anymore. He can barely play right, and his on base percentage. You know, this is a guy who I remember because I had him on a fantasy team, and I remember tracking him. He he almost hit forty home runs, stole forty bases, and had an on base percentage of four hundred one year, and. He he just dealt with so many injury issues. He tore his labrum and his shoulder, and ever since then, his power has has been a little rough, and he just can't get on base anymore. His his on base this year is under 280, which is just atrocious. So for a team like the Padres, you know they're they're starting over. They've got they've got some decent young outfield options, but when you got Kemp there, you're paying a lot of money to for the next three years it doesn't give him the chance to play so this is basically the the Padres just dumping him um and they'd see it as a, a chance to for their younger guys to play because they got a guy Hunter Renfro in triple a who's leading triple a in uh, several offensive categories and he doesn't really have a spot right now <clears throat> so that's part of why they did it Hector Oliveira was a guy that 
The Dodgers originally signed a couple years ago for six years and $62.5 million. A Cuban uh, defector who evidently evidently must have had some good scouting reports on his hitting tool. But he has struggled to make the field. He, I don't even think he ever played for the Dodgers before they traded into the Braves this time last year uh, as part of a deal in which... Um, the Dodgers got Alex Wood and Jose Praza uh, um, in that deal. Uh, so th- he was with the Braves. I-, I believe he got hurt, didn't really play much last year. And then this year he was going to be their third baseman. He played the first week and then was involved in an, a domestic violence uh, case with his girlfriend or wife and was immediately suspended for 82 games. So at that point, I think the Braves just kind of were were done with him. So they, yeah, he still owed a lot of money. And they basically just, um, they were like, if you give us Kemp, who they could really use as an outfield upgrade because their outfield has, I think Matt Kemp has hit more home runs than their outfield dishes this year combined. So it gives them a more majorly competent outfield. They're able to dump this guy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, so it was basically just trading two bad contracts, two players that weren't out there welcome. And the, the Padres immediately upon getting him designated for him for assignment. So depending on, I guess, if he actually goes to jail, then that might be able to avoid some of that money. Um, but he, there's this funny statistic. He has, in his major league career, he's hit 245. <clears throat> got on base 296, so under 300, and slugged 378, and made over $2 million per game that he's played in. So that's pretty incredible. And something is, you know, he's not young, and with uh, that over his head, he might have trouble finding another job. And if that's the case, you know, he will have made $60 million and played, yeah, like 30 games. Well, that's the American dream, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess that's one way to do it, but... Work little, make a lot of money. Yeah. So, interesting trade. All Pretty much all about shedding sunk costs. And for the Braves, it gives them a couple years of uh, majorly competent, maybe below place, slightly below place level player while they're rebuilding. Until their major, or until their big outfield prospects are ready. <clears throat> so, nothing of any really significance besides finance finances for those two specific teams. Yeah, I always find these sorts of trades, uh, regardless of of the sport, to be interesting. You get a lot of this in the NBA too, um, where they're just trading really bloated contracts for guys like Sean Marion or just you know guys that used to be good, but and then signed these giant contracts later in their career and then quickly just tanked mm-hmm. um, and, and are just eating up uh, cap space. So I just always find it interesting. Like, I wonder what the conversations are. Like, you would think, and you know, in, like in the Chapman situation, it's like, okay, we got a, we got a top-end closer. We want, we want your best prospects in return. Okay, let's, let's debate about what's best, right? But here it's like, okay, I've got a total turd. Um, <laughs> do you want to just swap? 
you just want to swap mine for yours because like how do you shop that hey we've got a really bad contract we want to get rid of who's interested yeah you know, and then you can, you're really only stuck with other teams that have bad contracts in trying to find a match where, like in this situation, the Braves get someone who, although is playing very poorly, is actually better than what they have, which says a lot about what they have in the outfield. And then the Padres like, oh, we can just take him and then just designate him and then maybe not have to pay for it if he winds up going to jail. Like, okay, like that's got to be like the most demoralizing deal making you can do as a, as a, you know, a GM just realizing, Oh man, we really do need Matt Kemp on our team. That's really sad. On the other hand, it's got to feel good to get rid of a mistake or a, you know, a huge headache. You know, if you're the Braves and you're trying to play with a bunch of young guys, you got a 32 year old domestic abuser on your team. You're paying all that money to. Yeah. It's almost like, if you're rich enough, sometimes you just throw money at a problem to make it go away. So that's one of those situations where they're just like, we'll do anything, just get off the team. So, you know, work. I guess it works out for everybody. The Padres get to play their young youngsters. The Braves get a little bit of help. And Oliveira gets potentially to make all of his money while, you know, he could find another team to to play for. But that might be tough in his current situation. Yeah. All right. Up next, I was actually surprised that this trade happened. Um, yeah, because especially because the Pirates are still contending. That's exactly why I was confused about this. But anyhow, the uh, the Pirates, they traded their uh, closer, Melanchthon, to the Nationals for uh, Felipe Romero and Taylor Hearn. And um, Melanchthon's been on my fantasy team for like the last two or three years. He's just a solid value pick because he's not, you know, he's not a sexy closer like Chapman or mm-hmm. Kimbrell or, but he still puts up quality numbers. Um, kind of just gets it done, yeah. Yeah, he, he's not he's not flashy. He's not he's not a big name, you know, like some of the other guys. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just because he plays for the Pirates or or what, but I just. I found it very, very interesting that they traded him to the Nationals of all teams. So, well, it it, it was definitely what you'll see in these trades are a lot of times it's it's more business decisions. You got the Pirates, who are a smaller market team. You know, Melanson's in the last year of his deal, and he's older. You know, odds are they're not going to bring him back this or after this year. That's a good point. And the Pirates are actually they got swept by the Brewers. They're they're hovering around 500, so they are definitely not a lock to make the playoffs. They're they're still going for it. They're not selling by any means, but I think in their mind, um, seeing the market how it was, with where, where closers were just um, going for such high price tags, you know, it, it would be foolish to not at least see uh, what you can get for a guy that you're going to lose soon, anyways. Um, and part of part of their deal, you know, they. They had asked for some major league ready bullpen help uh, in return, so that's where Felipe, uh, uh, what was his last name, um, Romero. Romero, yes, that's where he came in. He he's young, uh, lefty, but he throws some high nineties gas. But <clears throat> um, so he has you know a little trouble controlling it, which is why he's not a 
not a closer or anything, but that's a guy who's going to be able to immediately go into that um, bullpen and help them. And they've they've got uh, Tony Watson who can more than more can handle the closer's role. Who so that's a, who they've already said is going to take over. So they're basically just bumping uh, Watson back to the ninth, Neftali Feliz to the eighth, and then putting this Romero guy in the seventh. So they still have you know, um, what they view as an effective bullpen. And then they must have really liked this Hearn guy. He was he was the uh, 25th overall prospect in the Nationals list to start the year on MLB.com. Um, he's just uh, he's a lefty in low A still, so he's he's still ways out from being a major leaguer. But he's a guy that can throw in the mid to upper 90s with his fastball. Um, so as a lefty, that's yeah, that's a valuable asset to have, you know, and they must feel confident in their ability to develop him. So the, uh, yeah, so they basically, you know, they, I think, and you know, Melanson hasn't been dominant by any stretch, you know, he gets the job done though. So in their mind, they, they probably thought that Watson could take over and do just as well, um, while saving them, them a little money, adding a, you know, high ceiling prospect and, and Hearn. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised that they didn't get more from Melanson with the, the cost of, you know, Chapman and as we'll see later with Miller, because, you know, Melanson is not a, you know, middle reliever by any stretch. He's been pretty consistent, pretty solid for a long time. And that's, that's hard to do, but yeah, I mean, the Pirates just must really like Hearn and, um, and Romero, so that's probably why they did it. But and it works out for the Nats too because Papabon has uh, been awful for about two weeks now, and yeah, that's probably the the biggest weakness on that team. And they weren't the Yankees wanted <clears throat> all their top prospects for him, and they weren't going to do that. So Melanson kind of gives them that next tier down of. Of closer still solid, but they didn't have to give up their big big time prospects, so it works out for them. And I don't know what they're going to do with Papelbon, especially because if he gets demoted, he's not going to be a big fan of that. So <laughs> I'll, I'll let Dusty handle that headache. I can't even. But I mean that they knew that when they brought him in, they knowingly and willingly brought him on the team. So I don't feel sorry for him. Yeah, he. Uh... <laughs> He'll throw a little hissy fit, probably. Most likely. But uh, we've got another interesting situation up next on our list. Why don't uh, Why don't you explain what happened with Mister Lucroy uh, of the uh, Milwaukee Brewers? So, yeah, sometimes trades happen and then they don't happen. So Lucroy has been. Probably, we've talked about it, he's one of the top bats available. As a catcher, you don't find too many 300 300 average catchers who are known for their defense, being able to handle pitching stuff well, who uh, are pretty cheap. Like he, I believe he's only making like $5 million this year, and he has a player op or a team option for $5.5 million next year. And then you can offer him a qualifying offer and get a draft pick back. So, I mean, there's a ton of value there. So his name has been bounced around. A lot of teams interested. 
Well, late last night, <clears throat> the news had broke that he had been traded to the Indians uh, for uh, two or three uh, prospects, one of which was uh, one of their more um, regarded catching prospects. So it was kind of like a catching catcher for catcher type deal with you know a little bit of others, which it, it was a good deal for both teams. You know, the Indians, that's the, kind of their big weakness right now is ever since Jan Gomes went down, and he's been terrible anyways. That's, you know, they've been really good on fire, but that's the catching has been a big point of concern for them. So, you know, in an uh, objective world, it's a good deal for both teams. The only issue was that Lucroy has a eight-team no-trade list, and the Indians are on it. So evidently he wanted them to change that team option to a player option or it's basically because he, yeah, he deserves to get paid more. So he wants to be a free agent and get the chance to do that. So he could, you know, finish the year with the Indians and then maybe move on. Well, obviously the Indians don't want to do that. They want to keep him at a very affordable price, especially if they're going to give up um, some, some prospects, prospects of theirs. So, Basically, they're at an impasse. <clears throat> there wasn't even a guarantee that he was going to catch at all or full-time next year with Gomes coming back, which I find kind of ridiculous. But, yeah, this morning he it, it can't kind of came out that he had vetoed the trade. So, um, so, yeah, that trade is not happening. So his name has been bouncing around. It sounds like the Rangers are working on a deal for him which will be interesting, and I'm a little scared because the Rangers have a really good system, and I don't want the Brewers to get one of those guys because that's not good for the Reds. But, yeah, they seem to be the favorite right now. We'll see if something happens soon, but maybe the Brewers will just hold on to him and try to trade him this offseason. But, yeah, he will not be going to the Indians like most people thought last night. Yeah, he's in a very interesting position with that club option for next season. Uh, and you, like, as you said, it, it makes sense why the Indians would not want to drop that club option because they don't want a rental. Exactly. And th- he's good. And so why not try and keep him at a uh, affordable price? Um, so I would be, I would be surprised if, well, it, it depends on if the Rangers... It's also very interesting that he has an eight-team no-trade list. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the eight teams I will absolutely not play for. Like, that just seems, like, oddly specific to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's there's a little leverage there. Jay Bruce has the same sort of thing. <clears throat> I think it's one of those things where it's, like, an incentive and a contract, so you can add... Pretty much everyone adds the Yankees and Red Sox because it just gives them leverage... You know, you pick the teams that most likely you're going to be traded to, who are the teams that are good, and it give it gives you leverage to um, demand more money or an extension, um, or if you really want to go there, you just waive it. But I, I think that's kind of the reason why those things are put in there uh, by the agents. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if the Rangers are willing to. Um pay what the brewers are asking for him and then if he consents to the trade and you know maybe the the rangers would be willing to extend that contract at a higher rate or you know 
maybe he he has no say because they're not on his no trade and he's stuck with the club option and it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out in the next you know gosh what six twenty hours yeah less than twenty hours now so it should be interesting so yeah right around I think it was um yeah it was after the uh or as before the Lucroy news broke, um, the the Indians this morning had made a, made a trade for Andrew Miller. So you know we talked about the uh, the prices that the Yankees were throwing out there, what it would take to get Andrew Miller. It, it came across this morning that he was traded to the Indians, which was pretty shocking. Well, especially because as of last week's recording of the show. The Chapman deal had not yet gone through, but it was pretty clear that the Cubs were making a push for him. Mm-hmm. But it had also been made clear by the Indian, or sorry, by the uh, Yankees that we were not trading Miller. Like Batances and Miller are staying. We're just going to trade Chapman. We're right. Gonna, you know, kind of go for it, it. Exactly. And so uh, you had you had mentioned the term posturing with that sort of you know uh, phrasing earlier that 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 they were trying to make uh, Miller more desirable by, by saying. We're not trading him, yeah. so they could potentially get more for him. And I think the whole thing was posturing because I think the whole time they were, they were going to sell because they. Yeah, I think everyone kind of looked at that team and at the Yankees and were like, they're not, they're not going to win the pennant this year. But I mean, you have to put that perception that you're trying for the players, for the fans, etc. So we got to the trade deadline and they. They lost a few games to the Rays, and all of a sudden they're sellers now. So it's like a little weird. It's like, why did two games, you know, you, they lost the first two games to the the Rays, and they're like, why just why now are you selling? Because that's basically when they the owner gave approval for this Miller deal. So yeah, the Indians were hard after Chapman, but they didn't want to give up much because they knew Chapman was going to be a rental. Whereas Miller. They have him all this year, and then the next two years at like nine million dollars per year. So it's a, it's a pretty big bargain, um, for a guy who, yeah, who's pretty nasty. So I mean, I think he's a, he's worth probably a top prospect uh, just for that reason because you have him for so long. So, and that's that's definitely what the Yankees got. They got <clears throat> their top prospect, Clint Frazier. He's a a wily haired ginger, with the ginger beard. <laughs> Uh, funny looking guy, but um uh, definitely their top prospect and um and then they got uh Justice Sheffield who yeah, who was their I think their second uh pitching prospect. Um so they did well just in getting those two, but then they also got um this guy named Ben Heller who can touch triple digits. Uh, could potentially be a uh, bullpen piece. So in in the span of in the span of a week, they have yeah they have totally beefed up their their prospect list and adding Frazier and Torres, who are now their 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 one and two prospects on LB dot com. So they've got <laughs> it's really kind of frightening. They probably have a top two or three system in all of baseball now. With you know you got Frazier will be a potentially 2020 type corner outfielder and then Torres and Mateo that's a very good up the middle second base shortstop combination Aaron Judge uh, Gary Sanchez as a catcher uh, and, and Justice Sheffield 
and um, all of those guys, they signed a bunch of international free agents a couple years ago that are going to be coming up here soon. So yeah, they've got a good system, and they've still, um, yeah, still got some good players. I don't know how much more they'll do, but I mean, they're the Yankees. They'll, uh, they're saving up. I, you know, they're going to go after Harper in a couple years. They'll probably go after Chapman this off season. Do you really think they'll go after Harper? Oh yeah, uh, Harper has new- said numerous times that his favorite team growing up was the Yankees, and that he would love to play there. So he's going to be a free agent, and the Yankees are, I guarantee you, they're saving up for that guy. Picture him in that short porch in right field at Yankee Stadium. He could hit 50 home runs a year there. So, Oh, and he could usher in the new era of hating the Yankees, too. Oh, yeah. see, He would be like the perfect Yankees villain. They've, they've quietly really distanced themselves from my mind as far as I haven't really even thought about them. Like, I... I actually don't mind them anymore, but I'm starting after these trades this year and all the media coverage. I, yeah, that feeling is coming back of I'm starting to kind of, and it's all jealousy. Like they, they can do whatever they want. They have all the money. They're universally lauded by the media. It's, you know, it's all, it's all things I wish my team would do, but the Yankees are doing it because they're the richest most successful MLB franchise. You know how you can fix that, Nick? What's that? Just just become a Yankees fan. <laughs> sell sell your soul. Sell my soul. And, you know, forget your entire childhood and everything that your father's taught you and just become a Yankees fan. I'll probably have a much more, yeah, happy following of baseball the rest of my life if I did that. Maybe I'll try it. We'll see. Don't do it, Nick. Don't go to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that's just too depressing to think about. We should move on to poten- potentially more exciting and uh, less scary things than Nick becoming a Yankees fan and turning into a, well... Selling my soul. Yes. Uh, but what will happen next? As we've said, we've got a, a little under 20 hours, roughly speaking. I'm not doing the math in my head because I'm tired. Uh, but there are still players out there that could make a big splash on a new team. So uh, who are those players, and what are your predictions for what's going to happen before the deadline? Well, any, anyone want Jay Bruce or, Jack, or Zach Cozart? They're, they're for sale. Anybody want them, please take them and give us some good prospects. So the Reds, the Reds have some guys to trade. The Rays have been linked. All pretty much all their starters, headlined by Archer, have been out there as being available. We'll see what it costs to get them. Uh, Josh Reddick and Rich Hill from the A's. Those are guys that more than likely are going to get moved. <clears throat> so yeah, those are the guys I would look to see tomorrow. There, there'll be some surprises, I'm sure. But there's something about the deadline. There's probably a lot of been posturing been going on, but I think especially. Starting tomorrow, some deals are going to start getting done because the the deadline is coming. So we'll see. I'm interested to see what Bruce uh, Bruce gets, and I guess there's always a chance he doesn't get traded because there seems to be a value disparity in what we or what the Reds management thinks he's worth and what everyone else thinks he's worth. 
Yeah, I would have think I would have thought with pretty much that he's been on the block for a year and a half now that something would have been done by now, but I just can't imagine him being around after this break. We've just put him through the ringer for so long now. If I was him, I would just be like, seriously, just make it end. <laughs> like, just, I need some closure. So I don't blame him. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Well, don't you don't you feel so energized now, all this trade talk? Yeah, it's just, the one thing I was thinking this whole time is, the Tigers haven't done anything. They haven't. They've they've been linked to several things, but there's pretty much everything they want to do. Teams have been asking for Daniel Norris and Matt Boyd, two of the pitchers they traded for last year. And I don't blame the Tigers for saying no. We're not moving them. <laughs> we need them. Yeah. So teams are crazy right now. Maybe as prices go down. And I, I think with the new Tigers management, they had such little left on their farm system because of Dombrowski that they they don't necessarily want to trade the little that they have. They want to start building that up again. And they've been hot. They've they've won uh, several games here uh, recently, including blowing out the Astros today. So some sometimes it's you know in those hot streaks, it's don't mess with what's working. You know, as a Someone who's not necessarily following the Tigers every day. I don't know their big weaknesses. I mean, bullpen probably. But those prices are insanely high. So, I don't know. Maybe the Tigers will kind of just go with what they have. Yeah, I think they will. Um, There's no reason for them to get rid of young prospects. Uh, They are not far out of the wild card whatsoever. Uh, They're 57 and 48. And right now, the low wild card team is the Red Sox at fifty-seven and forty-six. So we've got the same amount of wins, just two more losses. So a good series here, a good series there, and then all of a sudden we can sneak our way into the playoffs. So it remains to be seen. But yeah, and yeah. we're two months here. This is kind of when the race, the the race to the end starts. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think. The Astros have made a push, but those wins over the Astros have been um, yeah. really, really, really good for us because we've pushed ahead of them. So we're now the first team out of the playoffs. Um, I mean, we're eight and two in our last ten. So you, I mean, I'll take that any day of the week. Break, so, break up the Tigers. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, but yeah, they're. So. It's coming together for them. I'll. Uh, that's my pennant. Te- that's the team that's actually in the pennant that I'll be rooting for this year. <sighs> Me too. All right, sir. Well, I feel like we have we have put together a decent episode. Solid, solid B episode. I would. Okay. <laughs> you came across <laughs> the. Slow. You came. Gonna be like trade talk with Nick and Cam. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Then we can get our 70s style uh, suede, like couch uh, material jackets with our f- what, two and a half foot long game show host microphones. I like I it. I feel like we should do a video like that one day just for kicks. We should. I think that's what the people want. Uh, you know, I, I have had many people contact us on Twitter saying that's exactly what they want. <laughs> 
speaking of Twitter, if you wanted to uh, get in contact with Nick, you can do so at Coatsy, C-O-A-T-S-I-E-E. Yes. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can do so at Cam Brennan. If you want to email us, it's hello at supermegacorp.net. Just go ahead and put Mendoza line in the subject. If you want to check out the show notes, we'll have links to a lot of these trades. Uh, you can go to supermegacorp.net slash Mendoza slash 17 and you will arrive at the show notes. Also, we started something new on Super Megacorp, which I don't think Nick even knows about yet. <laughs> Surprise me. I've started covering WWE in blog form each week, so if you are a weirdo like me and are into pro wrestling, you can head over to supermegacorp.net slash WWE and catch up on all the latest and greatest in pro wrestling news. In blog f- uh, form. No audio, just, you know, just words. I don't know Judge anything about the WWE or whatever it's called. <laughs> Is The Rock still doing his thing? He shows up, like, at WrestleMania. Calling people jabronis. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite. Doing his thing. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a lot of fun. But, no, he's... He's been a part-time, showing up once, maybe twice a year guy for a long time. He's too busy making movies every day of the year. Making big bucks, too. Yeah, he also just started a YouTube channel. That's pretty awesome. I need to Which I haven't, to I haven't checked it out yet, but uh, should be pretty good. All right, well, uh, anything else we should plug now that our listeners are totally still listening? We will we'll cover the tomorrow's trades next week and uh yeah see where we're at the last couple months of the season it's starting to get fun it is baseball is finally the games are finally starting to matter nick are you gonna be mad at me for saying that i am a little hurt by that yes okay maybe not finally starting to matter but now the consequences of the first 130 games are starting to appear how about that is that a better way to say that yes that works Okay. <laughs> the haves and the have-nots have been decided. Indeed. All right, we'll be back next week with another episode. See ya. Adios.